Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Personal Best podcast with me Ruby Lola. My guest today is Liam Holmes. He is a qualified nutritionist who does a whole host of things within the industry with the aim to simplify the world of nutrition for people. So I really hope this podcast does just that. In this conversation, we discuss how much you should be eating, why food really is fuel, how to form healthy habits and stick to them, why nutrition is more important for fat loss than exercise, what supplements you actually need and why you can't hack your way to a personal best. Liam was such a great podcast guest. He is so knowledgeable about the world of nutrition, but he relays the information in a way that's really easy for people to understand. So regardless of your level of expertise, I hope you'll learn a lot from this episode. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation and let's get on with the episode. personal best podcast booby thank you so much for inviting me on how are you doing i'm very good i'm very good yeah it's a good start to the year you know busy but good busy yeah amazing um so just to start with can i ask you to give me a little personal intro i know you're a qualified nutritionist which is why i've got you on to be honest because i do talk a lot about health and fitness on this podcast but mm. I really want this episode to be more of a deep dive into the nutrition side of things. So for yeah. people listening, what's your background and what does your work currently look like? Currently look like basically I'm trying to simplify the world of nutrition. Yeah. I think it's so confusing yeah. and, you know, through uh, my coaching business, which I run now. So we run uh, PH Nutrition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I set that up, geez, almost eight years this year. So um that's been running. That's my main kind of focus. Um, however, my my background is in football, so it's in elite football. So I worked at 
numerous different clubs, football, uh, Fulham, Tottenham Hotspur, FC Copenhagen. Um, and now I currently um, am the nutritionist for Celtic Football Club. Yeah. So I do that only part-time now. I was full-time, set up PH Nutrition, and we work with everybody from CrossFit Games athletes all the way down to people that are stepping into the gym first time or just simply want to be healthier. Um, it, it's Wherever you are on that spectrum, like nutrition is still a confusing thing. So mm. um, uh, that's the main bit. I also consult with uh, March on Supplements um, yes. and helping kind of formulate their uh, their product range. Um, and that's a relatively new thing. So Yeah. Do yeah. you know what? You're so right that nutrition can seem so complicated, mm. particularly when we're looking at like the online world of health and fitness, like there's so much mixed messaging. And even when you try to do your own research, it's like the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Mm. And I think you can just end up in a rabbit hole of like, oh, like I don't understand what to you, do. You can. Like, I, I think social media, there is some incredibly useful information. Yeah. I genuinely think sometimes there's a massive gross oversimplification or a massive overcomplication. Yeah. Okay, so you get the oversimplification where it's just getting a calorie deficit or eat less, move more. And for a lot of people, there's no context. Like, And with, with nutrition, the C word is context. You need it with everything that you're doing. So people don't know how to create a calorie deficit or how much or how long or how do I actually even think about doing that. And so they get confused or they go down, which I'm sure we'll, we'll, you know, one of the rabbit holes will go down is different diets and the way that people approach it and maybe the common faults with things. Or there's this massive gross overcomplication mm. where I'm trying to pull people back where you don't need different macro splits, for higher days, low days. You don't need these weird and wonderful methods that potentially just cause so much confusion and stress to someone yeah. that A, isn't probably conducive to their lifestyle that they're trying to lead. So they end up not getting results. So there's, there's these two ends of the spectrum. And actually, where you see results is often somewhere in between. Definitely, definitely. And so you're obviously working with like your average Joe, who's like you say, just stepped foot in the gym, but then also elite level athletes. So I think in this episode today, I really want to discuss how people can just get to grips with the basics of nutrition, but then also how they can optimize their nutrition for their training and and use it to make better progress I guess so just to start with such a a basic question how do people know how much they should be eating this is this is a good question one of the methods that we use is to get people to track their current intake first right and when I say track people go I've got to be locked to an app all day long I've got to be logging all my food and weighing everything out well in actual fact it's not that I think most of us are pretty terrible at being aware of what we eat Mm. whether that's mindless snacking whether that's not understanding portion control so if you take a little bit of time to understand what you're currently eating you know we don't deviate too far from normal recipes, normal breakfast, normal lunches, where we buy stuff even. So if you understand, you write it down in a notepad, you put it into a tracking app, whatever that is, okay, you start to understand what you're currently doing. Then you can use different methods to figure out how much you should be eating. So that could be through calorie calculators, it could be through getting a coach, it could be using different formulas. You know, most of the online calculators will use a very, very similar equation, so they won't be too far off. But you can start to go, okay, I'm going to enter my details, I'm going to ask a coach, or I'm going to get someone to give me something that I should be eating 
for whatever goal I'm trying to achieve. Yeah, because I was just about to say, obviously, the question of how much you should be eating is dependent on your goal. Yeah, definitely. Because do you want to lose weight? Do you want to gain weight? Or do you want to maintain? Yeah. That's going to be different for everyone. 100%. Like that, so height, age, weight, number yeah. of steps a day, you know, how many times you train a day, what your goal is. All of these things need to be taken into account. So you can get this information online. It's widely available. And or you, you like you say you invest in someone just to go like right help me figure out how much I'm meant to be eating. Often people do that bit first, and then try to fit themselves to this new plan or these new numbers that they've got to follow or this new diet that they're going to follow. Whereas we're like, well, if you understand what you're currently eating, and then you get this, yeah. you can just identify where the where the low hanging fruit is where some small changes can be made to what you're currently doing to bring you closer to what you're meant to be doing. Definitely. And that is is an infinitely easier transition than what a lot of people do is they try to jump and try to overhaul their diet and do all of these yeah. weird <laughs> And often it leads to failure. I know. When I was a lot younger in my like teenage years, I went through a period of disordered eating, quite restrictive eating. Um, I really wasn't consuming a lot of calories. And I realized that I needed to gain weight because I was just suffering like mentally and physically, but I didn't really, I didn't really know how. Mm. So I Googled something like diet to help you gain weight. And I was following like a 4,000 calorie, <laughs> like bodybuilder meal plan. I probably didn't keep that up for very long, but I, I so could have done with some like proper guidance and yeah. some proper education as to, okay, this is how like you should be eating. This is what you should be doing. Yeah. And I eventually did go to, um, like a nutritionist who really helped me out with giving me like calorie dense foods where yeah. I could consume yeah. them and get the calories in, but it didn't feel so like overwhelming. I wasn't yeah. eating like four eating chicken breasts yeah. for, <laughs> for one meal. So um, that answers that question, but what should people be eating? I was hoping we could break down like the three main macros for people that I'm yeah. sure we've all heard of, like carbohydrates, proteins, fats, like, what are they and why do we need them? Yeah. The main macro, like I say, you've got three main macronutrients, and then you've got like lots of different micronutrients. So macronutrients are protein, carbs, and fats. Protein will and carbohydrates will provide four calories per gram. Fat is a little bit more energy dense, as you talked about there, like adding energy dense foods at nine calories per gram. You need, well, what we find for most people is you need a balance of these, okay? So... Protein is one of the things that you should be prioritizing. And often this is something there where people, you know, maybe have a, a skewed intake, maybe kind of struggle to get, you know, enough. Potentially I think it's just overlooked. It is, uh, I don't know if I'd say it's overlooked. I think the RDA, the, the general RDA is mm. relatively low. Mm. I think it's like 0.8 grams per kilo. Uh, but body weight and actually the research dictates that you want to kind of have around 1.2 1.4 as a, as a kind of floor yeah and then you can go a little bit above that but protein is essential for you know muscle building obviously but it's essential for so many other things for detoxification for gut health for enzyme production for satiety you know so if you are trying to diet like mm. protein is really crucial it's not just like say for that bodybuilding type stuff so protein is the one thing that we if you were going to really hone in on a macronutrient i would start with that yeah you know look at and your then protein, intake. protein and calories like they're the two things that you're probably going to need to really prioritize if you want to change your body if you want to focus on you know um 
um, like I say, maintaining weight, gaining weight, losing weight. Mm. Like those are the two kind of big, big players. Okay. Carbohydrates and fats, they maybe come down to personal preference um, in terms of what you prefer to eat, like what you prefer to eat more of. So you can fill yourself up on the things that you actually, uh, you know, you want to eat that make you feel good uh, rather than thinking, okay, well, just to lose weight, I need to be reducing my carbs and eating loads of fat because the ketogenic diet apparently is, you know, the way to go. So we need to understand that, that you, this is where nutrition, you know, context, what are you doing? If you're doing lots of high intensity exercise, if you're doing maybe lots of endurance work, then carbohydrates are probably going to be something that you want to do because they're an energy source. Yeah. When they're, you know, they're eaten, they're, they are digested, they're stored in our muscles, they're stored in our liver as glycogen and that's used as energy for kind of more intense exercise. Mm. Fat, you know, it, again, it's needed for hormone production. It's needed for helping to absorb fat-soluble uh, fat vitamins. And it's, it's, it's needed for a lot of the, the metabolic processes in our body. So, again, removing one of these macronutrients, you're putting yourself at a risk of putting more stress onto your body, but also maybe going down the route of, of, of deficiencies, of an imbalance. And, you know, a lot of diets, a lot of nutrition will maybe demonize certain yeah, macronutrients definitely so i think it's confusion again like i'd say it's it's changing slightly and obviously like you said with social media now we do have a lot more education around like diet and stuff but for a while i feel like carbs were kind of seen as the devil and yeah. like my parents did the um it wasn't keto it was called the atkins diet i yeah, think yeah, which yeah. was no carbs and um like you can eat Butter all the meat you want yeah and my mum said to me that she would have like these massive fry-ups but all she wanted was like a piece of toast yeah. and so for her maybe incorporating carbs would have been a better option yeah and it's funny I think I also work at um uh quite a fancy brunch spot and I notice a lot of like I'd say like the yummy mummies coming in for brunch and they always like they'll order like kale and don't fruit. say the egg white omelets and egg white yeah omelets egg whites <laughs> and kale like no carbs no fats and I you know maybe it works for them but I think they've probably just got a bit of a skewed idea about what like their optimal nutrition should be yeah 100% and that's that's very common it's, it's, it's a common across different age groups I think and as you said, to go to go through a kind of a bit of a process, I do think the carbs were demonized, mm. you know, 15, maybe 20 years ago. Even 10 years ago when I first started to kind of get into nutrition coaching with pH Nutrition and we went into CrossFit, we, we were working with a lot of CrossFit gyms and the paleo diet was there. And yes, you can eat carbs on paleo, but you can only eat a few. Like there's a few yeah, fruits. Yeah, we do paleo bread at work. Yeah, so it will remove flour, it will remove yeah. grains. So you can eat basically, everyone just eats tons of sweet potato. Okay. <laughs> That's what happens. And... They, you know, again, it demonizes that kind of carbohydrate, but there's a mismatch between they were doing very, very high intensity exercise, which is glycolytic, which means that you require carbohydrates to perform, you know, this type of exercise well, and they weren't eating that much. Mm. So, again, that's that's personal to that person. Yeah. Whereas if someone is doing not a lot of exercise, maybe they're doing something more low intensity, then they don't need as many carbohydrates they could rely on, you know, other sources such as yeah. fat, you know, et cetera, to, to put into their diet. So, again, that level of personalization needs to be there. And often people don't, they don't get it. Like they, or they try and find it somewhere and mm. just get bamboozled and overwhelmed. Yeah, or they do something because it worked for their friend. And that then, is a big one. Yeah, and then because it doesn't work for them, they're like, well, I've failed. Yeah. But actually maybe it just wasn't the right choice. Yeah, definitely. So... 
I'd like to move into like the fitness side of things. I'm going to ask quite a broad question, which is obviously from your experience from coaching people, where do you think most people go wrong with their nutrition when they are first embarking on a fitness journey? That's a good question. Uh, I genuinely think that people are scared to fuel their training and fuel their fitness. Yeah. So if you're first starting out, your your progression will be relatively quick. Okay, like newbie, newbie gains. gains. Exactly. <laughs> it's a real thing. <laughs> so your nutrition will, you know, say your nutrition and training is at a certain level. Where as your fitness goes up, you know, you're doing more intense workouts, you're putting more weight on the bar, you're doing faster times, you know, you're, you're putting more stress onto your body. And often the case is that people don't marry their nutrition up with this. Mm. They, they are scared to fuel it. They're scared to eat carbs. They're scared to eat a little bit more. And they often find that then they're either really sore from like the, the, the training or they get super fatigued or they start to hit a plateau. You know, after those newbie gains, you know, even like even after like three, four weeks, they go, I'm not seeing as much progress. I'm really sore. I'm really fatigued. And often there's this mismatch between what they were eating at the start. Now as their fitness level and they haven't kind of married their nutrition. Yeah. So I think doing some fundamentals such as making sure that you are eating a enough overall calories for to to help with the increase in output that that happens when you start exercising. Make sure you're prioritizing protein to help with that recovery side of things. Um, and make sure that, like you said, the quality of your diet is very good to ensure you've got lots of micronutrients to help lower inflammation and help recovery. Yeah. And I think sometimes people can get a little bit lost in terms of like, oh, I just need caffeine before my workout. And, you know, that'll get me through and that's fine. And, <clears throat> excuse me, yes, caffeine is a very well-researched, you know, ingredient to help with exercise performance, but overall intake is going to be the key. And for me, that mismatch is where, when you're first starting out, you need to be aware of. Yeah, everything you're saying there just chimes in with my own, like, um, I guess, knowledge I've gained from from training and things because I've recently been working with a coach. and um, Doing what, sorry? Uh, just weight training. So my yeah, goal nice. with her was kind of like a body recomp, you know, nice. like build the legs and glutes a bit, but not um, bulk up too much. And we actually ended up increasing calories by like 300 or 400 obviously that number's different for everyone but um I was so shocked at the progress I was able to make once I started eating more start because body, not yeah. only <laughs> did I have the energy for my sessions but I started to see that like muscle growth because I could actually make progress in the gym and I was like oh I can I can eat a lot more than I thought I could and yeah. I guess I maybe had a bit of a misunderstanding because of a periods of time where I was like eating restrictively so you kind of make up silly food rules for yourself in yeah. your head like oh I can only have this amount of cereal or I can only have like this amount of bread but it, it, that's just a rule we've made up yeah I think to unpack that like it's fantastic that you committed to eating enough to fuel what you were trying to ask your body to do yeah and it, it was a little bit uncomfortable for a few yeah, weeks because I, I was like I'm not hungry I'm just so full all the time yeah but then you, you I think you your body adjusts and yeah. um yeah I was able to make well you start to, you start to you start to take away the focus from just how I feel body composition wise how am I looking what am I weigh to going wow I I like the feeling of being stronger in the gym I yeah. like the way that I feel in terms of my 
output in terms of my energy, in terms of my recovery, in terms of my mood. Like Definitely. I feel better. Oh, I'm not thinking about food all the time. Yeah. I'm not hungry. And yeah, we have to, like you say, chronically people will sit on diets for extended periods of time. Mm. and they don't see results because they're not actually dieting um you know effectively but often the case that if they just allowed their body that little bit more at the right times yeah for the level of activity that they're asking their body to do the so many other factors will start to kind of you know um improve yeah sleep mood digestion recovery muscle soreness do you know what the recovery thing is so true because i I've been into my weight training for quite a long time now, but when I wasn't fueling myself properly, I'd honestly do a leg day and be written off for like three days yeah. because the the DOMS uh, delayed onset muscle soreness um, was so sore. Mm. And then I would have to wait again to train. So I was massively hindering my training yeah. rather than um, actually aiding it with like good nutrition. Yeah. But I am... Um, I don't want to make this whole podcast about my own fitness journey. So, um... That's good. It's good, it's good, it's good, it's good insight. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been really interesting for me, actually, to kind of have some anecdotal yeah. evidence. But um, say someone, I guess, has a good basic level of understanding about what they should be eating and how much they should be eating, but they're just struggling to actually do it. Like, yeah. I think I used to have a bit of a warped view of how people... I suppose, gain weight because I thought the the onus is all on them. Whereas we actually live in like a society that makes it really hard to prioritize good nutrition, right? Like yep. people live busy lives. They're just going to grab for uh, that meal deal or the takeaway on the way home. Like what advice would you give to people to implement some more healthy habits? You have to create an environment that's conducive to your goal. So we think that when we are trying to follow a plan or improve our nutrition that we just need to use willpower or we need to follow something whereas actually you need to cultivate an environment around you that makes it easier to make better decisions and often when people that are successful we think it's just discipline and we think it's willpower mm. but it's normally a very cra- very um, well crafted environment and this environment can extend to work it can extend to your social it can extend to home life and for example, if you've got a treat cupboard at your, in your house, you have, to, you have to use willpower every single day to not go in there. We had one at home in my mom's house and I always called it the treat cupboard. And then when I moved away, I went back and I was like, Mom, why is there nothing in there? And, and she, rightly so, had got rid of it all to yeah. help her stay on track with her nutrition. Because yeah. you don't want to go, I don't want to get into the car and drive around a Tesco and then go into the Tesco and queue up and buy something. Mm-hmm. You know, that isn't what it's about like if you can like say remove that or make it more difficult to do it or or, let's say like reduce the opportunity that you're going to have to be able to make poor choices it makes it infinitely easier to stay consistent Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people like i said put pressure on themselves to be following something you know a hundred percent but often the case is that they just put themselves in scenarios where it's damn hard yeah do you know what i mean like it's really challenging to do and I'm not saying that you, you know, sometimes it's the, the situation and the environment is unavoidable. Do you know what I mean? But for example, office snacks that like they're the bane of our coaching like, constantly. <laughs> people going, how do I, how do I avoid the office snacks? But if you have these available, you have to be proactive that to take in your own snacks, to take in things that you know that are going to help you to reach your goal because it's important to you. Mm-hmm. And if it's not important to you, then you won't do it. 
and you will just bumble through and you won't see progress. Yeah. But if you've really, really prioritized it, you will be proactive enough to go, I know that this is a poor environment for me. I need to take control of this. So I'm going to plan my snacks. I'm going to have this. And I'm not talking about like you have to take carrot sticks in and there's loads <laughs> of donuts. Like you can make something that you want to consume, mm. but you have to create the environment to make it easier for you to stay on track because say willpower is just yeah. no way you're going to be successful. Yeah, if you just I wanted to touch on, on touch on that because um, you've said in some content that if you just rely on willpower, you're going to fail and that actually people need more accountability. And you said accountability turns intentions into actions. And that's such a lovely little quote. I just wondered if you could kind of expand on why that's important. Yeah, 100%. So I think it's probably more relevant in January when people have all of these intentions, yeah. they set goals and they go, right, well, I'm going to do this. And maybe it's even towards weddings and summers and whatever. But for me, a goal, a people, I think we're terrible at goal setting. We set these big things or we just say it out loud. But unless you hold yourself accountable, like you, I often don't think that you turn that into an actionable thing. So if you set a goal, um, then you need to break it down into the in terms of the, the habits, the actions, to actually what's the steps to, to achieve this, right? Mm. You do it yourself, you often give yourself the easy way out, right? So if I'm going to write myself a training program, for example, I'm not going to put in thrusters and squats and, and everything else. I'm probably going to put in bench press and biceps because it's easy and it's like something that I would you know can do whereas someone else I'm, I'm held accountable by following a training program i'm held accountable by following a certain diet i'm held accountable to do certain amount of you know hours of, if you're trying to do business development whatever it is studying reading mm-hmm. if you hold yourself accountable it turns those actions that you've written down that you need to do to reach your goal and it actually makes you do them so i think i think people have good intentions i don't i don't think people want to eat badly i don't think people you know want to not you know be overweight or unfit but often the case it's accountability yeah and i think a lot of people struggled with that like you know going back to covid and like you know they missed the gym environment and doing it by themselves at home was challenging you know not having you know say the accountability of the environment it was challenging but for me it's not about just paying someone you don't have to pay someone like a coach for mm. accountability it could be a training partner if you were going to the gym to hold you accountable yeah. when you don't want to do it. Yeah. I always say like accountability is we're going to give you a pat on the back when you're doing really, really well. We're going to give you a kick out the ass when you don't <laughs> want to do it. And you can find accountability anywhere else, you know, in a lot of places. Um, so yeah, it doesn't need to be paid accountability. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I think having a PT or a coach, especially if you've got, you know, fitness goals in mind is so great, but obviously there is a financial yeah, element to that for yeah. people. So yeah, like find a mate or... A family member or, or follow a training program online where other people yeah. are doing the same thing as you and you can see a leaderboard or you can get involved like that's where Strava's really good and Definitely. other things like you can be like oh he did that or that and I'm gonna do it so you know that type of thing you need to bake that in mm. otherwise like I say you just I think people should really struggle with that consistency yeah and I, I just think that's a, a really good reminder for everyone listening that these people who are achieving their goals in whatever um domain that is they don't just have, like you said, this like unwavering willpower. Like they've created a good environment for themselves. They're disciplined. They're being held accountable, mm. and that's enabling them to to achieve these things that that you probably want to achieve as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
Just another thing on the on the grounds of fitness, you um, created a piece of content that I thought was really interesting and you said, for fat loss, nutrition is more important than training, but for building muscle, training is more important than nutrition. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yeah, I expand on that. Um, I could give somebody the best muscle building diet in the whole entire world, but if they don't have the stimulus going through their body to um, enhance muscle growth, they're just going to gain weight body fat yeah i think you said like no one's made gains walking on treadmill watching love island Island, yeah (laughs) um because that's what i see like you know people go to the gym are like great but your goal is to get like you know big and strong and i was like that requires progressive overload it requires resistance training right right so that has to be the first pillar then you can put in nutrition however for fat loss the we know the primary driver is a calorie deficit Okay. okay, so you can create that first through reducing your intake less. or increasing your output. Yeah. But your output doesn't matter. There's a bit of nuance to this. But it doesn't matter. You can bike, hike, trike, climb, <laughs> do CrossFit, do you know strength training, whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter because you could not train at all. You can do nothing. You could just walk and you would still lose weight if you create a calorie deficit. Yeah. If you want to lose the right type of weight you should try to do some form of resistance training, okay? To put some form of uh, stress through your muscles, but it could be body weight, it could be strength training, to help maintain muscle mass. Yeah. You know, we don't want to lose, losing weight, we want to lose fat, we, we want to maintain as much muscle mass as possible. But you have to prioritize these. Yeah. So if your diet is really, really terrible, but my training is really, really good, mm. you're probably not going to lose weight if that's your goal, okay? Because you're just... You know, you're eating too much, even though, oh, my do- my, my training is really, really good. But if your training is really, really good when you're following a muscle, like a strength gaining or muscle building program or you want to get bigger and stronger, if your diet isn't optimal, yeah. you might still be in a slight calorie surplus or you might be eating enough and you're still going to build muscle. So you have to have th- those yeah. things in a line. And then the third pillar is environment because yeah. that just brings everything together. That's okay. what we teach on, on ours, like stimulus supply environment. So you got to have the right stimulus, you know, then you yeah. get your diet or you got to get the right amount that you're eating, then get the right stimulus that you're going to be consistent with. And again, going back to that consistency theme, when people are trying to diet, they might think, oh, I need to do endless cardio. I need to do certain exercises. Just do whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, because you're going to consistently do that. If mm-hmm. I don't like to go to spin class and I'm forcing myself, 
go and do yeah. <laughs> rock climbing. It's like the best whatever. exercise is the one you enjoy and you're going to be consistent with. Yeah, definitely. That's, and yeah, I get a bit frustrated sometimes when I see these like fat burner workouts and I'm just like, what does that even Every mean? Every workout's a fat burner. Yeah. Walking's fat burner. <laughs> like everything is. And I think it's just useful for people to know because obviously in an ideal world, your nutrition and your training would work in perfect harmony. Yeah. But trying to do both at the same time is actually really difficult for people. So just knowing what you should prioritize depending on your goal yes. is really important. Yes, you, Ruby, you make a, that's a really good point. And to loop back to people why they fail when they first go in or what they get wrong when they first go into their fitness journey or whatever, or, or even their nutrition journey, is that they try to do probably both of those perfect at the start. Mm-hmm. You know, if your goal is to just get fitter and stronger, then yeah, like, and you're starting the new gym, then just have a couple of weeks where you just focus on your training. Don't put too much pressure on your diet. Once you get into a rhythm and a pattern with this, then you can start to kind of layer on the nutrition. But if you've, you know, if you've been training for a while and you're just kind of revisiting it, maybe you had a little bit of a break through injury, pregnancy, you know, work, whatever, and then you, you've already gone through that process, you already know. So then you could probably prioritize your nutrition a little bit more because it's not causing you so much stress to learn all of these new movements and to have all of these new things to learn. Yeah, so. definitely. I had a couple more questions um, about just diet and, uh, sorry, diet specifically. I wonder if we could just talk about supplements. Yeah, of course. Um, and I know that you mentioned that you're head of performance nutrition at March and Supplements. So obviously you're going to have a bit of understanding around that. For someone who's kind of in the swing of going to the gym and uh, or doing some sort of exercise and they've got to grips with the basics of nutrition, are there any supplements that you would suggest they add into their regime? Yeah. For someone that's just like general health, fitness, going into the gym. Okay. The approach that we take is is always food first. Okay. So you want to make sure that you have that first food first approach. Mm. However... Sometimes food alone isn't always enough, okay? Especially when we're asking our body to, to perform at a high level, we're putting it under further, further stress. Taking dietary preferences where we may remove certain foods through preference, through, you know, our preference of like, oh, I don't want, I'm, I don't eat meat, I don't eat this, I, you know, I'm vegan, whatever. All of a sudden you do lead yourself to maybe requiring a little bit more supplementation and sometimes it's challenging to get from certain foods. Mm. So I have kind of three big hitters that we would say that are ones that people maybe need to prioritize. Okay. Vitamin D because, I mean, we're recording this in a podcast studio, but even when it's outside, there's barely any sunlight. It's dark. Yeah. We don't see the sun that much. And even if you live in a hot country, we often live inside and we train inside and we cover up when we go outside and we put sunscreen on. And what's, sorry, you're probably going to say that, but what's vitamin D useful for? Why do we need it? Well, vitamin D is useful for lots of different functions in the body, such as immune function, such as muscle function. Um, It is something that's very challenging to get from foods. Okay. So we need it for lots of different kind of reactions in the body. And getting it and deriving it in enough from food is challenging. And from sunlight, there's limitations. So I think a supplement is a sensible thing, especially in the winter months, especially going into that kind of period where, you know, illnesses are a little bit higher. I've got the back end of a cold. Like Mm -hmm. it's still, it's still (laughs) like something that I would be like supplementing potentially throughout the year. 
it's also something that I've the amount of blood tests that we've done, and this comes on to Amigas, that it's often quite low in people. Okay. Yeah. So and and this is it's a global thing. And like and even the research, like I think like sixty four percent of you know people have some form of vitamin deficiency mm, across the year. It, there's a high amount. Okay. That would be a supplement that I would suggest. You know, maybe kind of like two to three thousand IU. You'll see this on the thing. That's international units. You know, once a day, you you know that will be really good covering your bases. The next one is omega threes. It's like a fish oil or an algae oil from a from a plant based perspective. Again, very challenging to get from foods, even if we eat oily fish regularly. Mm, my friend asked me this. I said to her, "I'm speaking to a nutritionist. What do you want to know?" She said, "Well, I've heard omega threes are really good for me, but I don't like fish. So, yeah, what well, should I do?" There, straight away, like. You you can get it from plant based sources, but the absorption rate and the conversion is very very poor. Okay, okay so yeah. they are, you know again I don't know many people that eat lots of mackerel, lots of salmon. Expensive. Like salmon now. <laughs> I think I did a, I, I did a new I think I did a newsletter. I said, have you seen how much salmon <laughs> costs you? That that was the headline. <laughs> it's like yeah for like thin tiny fillets. So again, and the quality of those, how much omega threes are you actually going to get? We don't know. Mm. So. I would say that supplementing with this, especially in our modern day lifestyle where stress levels are a little bit higher, we, we are asking our body to do a lot more potentially from training. You know, you've got two different um, amigas. You've got your EPA and DHA. And DHA is more for cognitive function, brain function, and EPA is for more kind of lowering inflammation and helping with cellular health. So getting one that's got good amounts of EPA and DHA, which, uh, you know, it would be a really good investment from yeah. a supplementation point of view. Yeah. The next one's creatine. Um, creatine is probably one of the most researched supplements on the planet. And every, it seems like every week, there's a new research study that comes out in terms of a new benefit for creatine or an enhancement of, you know, some of the research that's out there. Yeah. And I think bef- people see creatine as like a supplement that's only used for like bodybuilders, but yeah. it's naturally produced in our yeah. bodies, isn't it? Yeah, it's naturally produced. Um, it's in meat, fish. Um, you know, products that we eat regularly. Okay. So we find, again, that when you're training, you might help, you know, require a little bit of extra. So creatine can help with cellular hydration. It can help with muscle building. can help with power output. But there's now research going into, like, cognitive function. It's an antioxidant. It can help recovery. So there's lots of different uses for it. And, again, it's a natural substance. So taking it every day is a really nice thing for, for a lot of people that are, like I say, trying to be a high performer, trying to, to improve their overall health. Okay. So, and it's relatively cheap. So those three would be like a, a kind of like a fundamental stack for someone that is, say, in, in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Then obviously there's, there's endless amounts of other things that you're, you can go down the rabbit hole. But if, I mean, this is probably another whole podcast, but the the... The main thing that you'll find is that any supplement that you take, if you find an enhancement or if you find a benefit to you normally treating a deficiency so or, or, or a need. So, like, if I gave you vitamin D and you felt like, oh, my God, like, I haven't got sick in, like, the last three months. I, like, feel like I'm a little bit more energized. I feel my muscle, you know, like, I feel a bit, bit more kind of powerful. Yeah. I feel my muscle functions there. Or you might be deficient in vitamin D. Whereas if I'm if I've got, like, a sufficient level... I'm not going to see that benefit. Okay, that's so interesting. So often, like when you go back to, you said, oh, my friend did this <laughs> and it worked for them. Often the case that happens a lot with supplements. Right. Oh, I took this zinc and magnesium and I felt amazing. Mm. But you take it and you're like, I don't know. Didn't notice a difference. Okay, So yeah. usually it's treating a deficiency and that's where I would we would advise people to get some form of blood work done, um, at-home blood work, ch- 
check your physiology, look at what's happening under your in your body, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can go. I need more of these types of foods from, okay, I need more zinc, I need more magnesium, I need, you know, to to lower my inflammation, I need to help with this. You can direct your diet that way, but instead of following it from some book that (laughs) nutritionist has written or whoever's written these days, you're figuring out what works for you. Yeah, treat yourself as a case study. That's it, and that can target, that's where I would say then targeting supplementation further, that's what you need to, Mm. to go down that route. There's a couple more things I just wanted to ask you about is it's all over social media at the minute, but greens powders, Mm. I think they're often promoted as helping uh, reduce bloating, giving you energy. Obviously, it's um, advertising that it's going to give you like 20 different types of greens that you need. Do you think they're good? Are they worth investing in? I am actually a big fan of greens. The there is obviously different variations and different levels of quality. Okay, without mentioning loads of different brands, it, you know it's impossible. Like, but the reason why they kind of help reduce bloating is often they can contain prebiotics, probiotics in them. You know, having kind of nutrient dense things such as greens, wheatgrass, spirulina, chlorella, these types of things. Like, they're very very nutrient dense ingredients. So. I think the benefits of them are pretty good. Mm-hmm. What I was what I would suggest people to do if you are going to use one, it's not a replacement for <laughs> eating vegetables. Okay, like you know, they, these yeah, are I've had they, twenty different vegetables. Today. I'm just going to chug two 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 cups of my greens <laughs> today, and I don't done. need to be veg ever again. <laughs> it doesn't quite work like that, but I do think that they are a a and these days a better addition to your diet than potentially some multivitamins that have very very poor absorption rates um because i mean like really hard pills so mm-hmm. i do think that there's benefit to them okay um i just wouldn't use them as a substitute i would use them as an additional thing to your diet get a small packet okay and then trial it and see if you benefit rather than buying oh, i've got a kilo of greens and it doesn't quite work for you so sure. i do i do think that it's a modern day i think it's, these days i think it's a, i think it's a useful thing okay and the second one or uh, the last one is um sleep supplements i feel like this is something else i've also been seeing loads uh like magnesium or melatonin melatonin yeah but i don't think you can buy melatonin in the uk I think you, you can't know. Oh, maybe I've can... been looking on some illegal websites. <laughs> no, on the black web, dark web, where it is. No, you can buy it in the US and oh, okay. in certain areas. Okay. And I think you must, um, I mean, again, I haven't looked recently, but you you might be able to get it on some websites right. that, that ship over here. Right. Um, Would you recommend sleep supplements though? Or do you think people just need better sleep practices? You normal? ever seen that meme where it's like the crack in the pavement and then someone stuck a plaster over it? <laughs> For me, like some <laughs> supplements are like that. Okay. Like where y- y- there's so many things underlying that you need to fix first, and just taking a sleep supplement, like, isn't going to it, it isn't going to touch the sides. Mm. Um, like magnesium helps calm the nervous system. It can help. The, it, it, it does it directly affect helping you to kind of fall asleep? Some people yes, some people no. Some people have the opposite effects. So. You know, all of these different things, CBD, all of the things that are meant to help induce healthy sleep, they may work if you have the fundamentals done. Yeah. So if you're sure. not, stre- you know, watching something super stressful, working on your screen till right before bedtime, you know, not 
drinking loads of alcohol or drinking coffee later in the day, you know, and having a hot room and, you know, doing something stressful before bed. If you've got a cool, dark, you know, room and you build in a bit of a sleep routine beforehand to calm your nervous system and get into this thing, I don't think that a lot, I think a lot of people can save themselves a lot of money by not going down the route of like, oh, I just hit a supplement and I'm meant to fall asleep. I get you. And melatonin, yeah. melatonin is very effective, but potentially suppress your own, you know, production of it and... Yeah, I, I think it's a last resort. Okay. If you're struggling. Or like a, a final addition to like your perfect exactly. nighttime routine. A final addition is yeah. a very good way of putting it. <laughs> okay, amazing. So um, I know you briefly touched on it earlier, but obviously a lot of people will have made New Year resolutions with their diet and training. What advice would you give to help people kind of really reach their like nutrition goals? for the new year don't try and do it in the first 10 days mm. you gotta and this isn't the, the things that i'm gonna say now aren't the sexy things like <laughs> they're not the things that sell programs in january you know you you probably got to extend the timeline that you want to achieve your goal okay i think lane norton said this in terms of we don't have a weight loss issue we have a weight regain issue and actually people can be successful in terms of losing their weight or ch- changing their habits. It's about instilling behaviors to maintain them, yeah. to maintain that progress. You said a really nice thing about uh, behaviors. I don't know if you remember what it was. Who, me or Lane? Yeah, it, you made a really good piece of content about it. Um, like behaviors need you to become your, your de- default? You, yeah, so I think I, I think I may have stole this from... Doesn't matter. Um, Who's the Shane Parrish? Have you read his book? No, Clear I've, I've heard about him though. Amazing. Yeah. I think I've read one. It wasn't from his book. It was one from his articles ages ago. And it was like, you have to make your desired behavior, your default behavior. Yeah. And that is, that's basically changing habits, but understanding the methods that you need to put in place to, like you say, not have to constantly work against your environment to, to work against like your, 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 you say your default. And often the case that people do things that are really under, unsustainable to achieve results. And I'm not saying that you should only do something that you can do forever. Yeah. Like, there will be times where you have to challenge yourself and you're not going to do this, but it's going to make me results. But you have to have that next step. Mm. You have to understand that you're building and cultivating the skills and the habits to be able to maintain it. And a lot of people don't do that. So I would extend the timeline beyond whatever you is. Like, right, I want to achieve this in three weeks, make it six weeks you know, and put less stress on your body and play the medium to long-term game, I would then look at, say, what habits and and, and skills are you doing and and make a checklist, like a non-negotiable, okay? So you can have ideal behaviors and then you can have non-negotiable behaviors. So days where you don't want to do it, okay, you don't feel in control, you're just like, I can't be bothered. You just do your non-negotiables. So this could be I get up and I drink, one liter of water before 12 p.m. I make sure that I get protein in each meal. I make sure that I get to bed by X amount. Right, they're my non-negotiable because those things are aligned to my goal. Okay, if you're if you're strength training, I need to turn up to the gym five times a week. Whatever it is, I don't want to do it. I'm going to go. Then you've got your optimal behaviors. Okay, when when you feel in control, when you have the capacity, you can then go and do these. Mm. And Often the case is that we think we have to do these optimal behaviors every day of every hour of every day 
to achieve that goal and often the case that isn't it's that you know progress over perfection kind of thing but if you can identify these optimal behaviors I, when i feel good i'm like now this now this now this now this yeah. i make a sprint forward with my goal and then other times i'm like i don't disregard it i still have these non-negotiables still moving my forward idea. exactly like it's still my non-negotiables that i do you got to make those not what those look like is personal yeah that is such good advice i'm really gonna take that away with me because i think whenever we set ourselves these goals i've mentioned this before but you forget the context in which you're trying to achieve those goals so it's so easy to write down what you're going to do um at the start of the new year but then you have a really busy day or a really busy week like i think you've got young kids right so i'm sure like things are coming up all the time where you just can't stick to the routine that you'd planned out for yourself but yeah having those non-negotiables that you're committed to yeah. is going to still at least make sure that you're getting towards a goal but even if you're taking smaller strides 100 percent. i'll use myself an example like i've always trained like even though i you know don't look that fit anymore because i now have tired parents <laughs> like i struggled a lot last year with injury and this year I was like, what's my goal is, is to improve the first quarter of the year. I want to just improve my fitness and get a bit stronger, get mm. back to kind of feeling good. Okay, yeah. That was my goal, umbrella goal, nothing else. My nutrition is always pretty good. Okay, So I made a, 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 a wrote down. My non-negotiable is to turn up to my training and follow the training program that I'm, I'm following as it's written. Mm. So last night I went to the gym at quarter to eight at night because... Mm. We couldn't get our kids down. I'd worked long. But I would have normally not done that. But because I've set a non-negotiable, okay, I'm going to do that. My, my my good things are to nail, you know, to, to make sure that I nail my nutrition and make sure that I get to sleep on time and, you know, do all of these other things that are my optimal goals. But my, my daughter's teething. My, 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 <laughs> my sleep isn't very good. Yeah. So, but I have these non-negotiable. And you've got to make them very, very achievable. But you, you lock it in. And it get, I've held myself accountable by making that. But it's not wildly out of this, you know, out of reach that I just get overwhelmed and stressed when I when I haven't done it. I can, or I, I think I can default to that most most of the time. Definitely. Five days a week, I can get there. Yeah. Even if it's quarter to eight and I didn't really feel like going. And was it an optimal session? Actually, it was probably better than I thought better than not going but i'm making progress yeah even if it's a shuffle forward mm. to my goal and i think for a lot of people they 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 have this black or white and yeah don't have that and i think this uh plays in really nicely to what your values are because i i think people often say what their values are but then their actions don't match that like if you're like oh i really value fitness and spending time with my kids and then Mm. you don't see your kids because you're working so much and then you don't go to the gym it's like well are those really your values and um i think he's the number one crossfit trainer his name is ben burgesson ben bergeon that's the one he said a really nice thing and he said thoughts become words words become actions actions become behaviors and your behaviors are what shape you yeah shape who you are yeah. not just what you think about yourself and i was like wow yeah it makes so much sense it doesn't make it doesn't make so much sense like for me the behavior it is i value health i value feeling good yeah. okay like i've never been the, the most you know jacked person i've never been the I, i've been pretty fit but i've never been the fittest but i've i've maintained my weight you know for, for pretty much 20 years mm-hmm. similar and mm-hmm. through things and I'm, I'm relatively good shape i prioritize it 
like as a as an important thing for me i would always hunt out good food you know and even if it's at the cost of me walking extra or paying extra like that's a value for me that i want to feel good like mm-hmm. i want more energy i want to feel good i want to feel healthier and like you say sometimes it can seem like a bit wishy-washy to be like writing down like what's actually you know the values to you and and stuff but i think it helps you to shape what the the actions that you take like we talk about making goals over like the quarters so like making like right q1 what's your uh, what's your umbrella goal Mm -hmm. q2 you know what's your umbrella goal it doesn't have to be specific but if you have that everything you know it's not your north star but you can line yourself to it and you can always default back to what's my values okay does this align yeah is this is this an action is this a behavior that's going to help me to work towards a goal and align to my to the values that i really really instill in myself and if it isn't then Again, you're not no. going to see progress. You're that person that will be in the same position in January 2025. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody listening to this podcast. Yes, get at That's, it. That's um, so good and so helpful. And uh, yeah, everything you said there, I just think is is really great. Um, final question to you, which I ask everybody, is if you had to give a piece of advice or a quote or a mantra to help people achieve their personal best, what would it be? I think personal bests are, they're personal to you and performance is personal. I would say that nothing worth having was ever achieved without effort. Mm. And in a day and age where we're maybe bombarded with hacks and shortcuts and tips and tricks, actually the biggest thing is just to put the work in. (laughs) Like that's the biggest hack of all. And if you can consistently do that, you will achieve a personal best, whatever that is to you. But if you try to shortcut things, if you try to hack your way to achieving the personal best, I just genuinely think, don't think you're going to do it. Definitely. That's so good. A quote popped into my head and then it fell out again. So I'll just close on what you've said. Okay. Where can people go if they want to find you or check out what you're doing? Best place is is, is, is Instagram. Okay. So the coaching program um, that we run, the plans that we run, are PH underscore nutrition. Uh, my personal page, Liam underscore nutritionist. Um, and you'll find all of the links to the different places that I work, get involved with. But like I say, off the back of this, if anyone's got any kind of confusion or questions, like genuinely drop me a message and, and I run the pages myself. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, and I'll respond to like anything that you need because, again, the goal is to try and simplify nutrition. So hopefully, hopefully this podcast has helped in some way. Definitely. It's honestly been everything I hoped it would be. And I'm, I'm so grateful to you for coming and chatting with me today. So uh, thank you so much. And all the best with what you're doing thank you very much as always thank you so much everybody for listening i really hope you enjoyed this conversation with liam i really like recording these kind of podcast episodes where they're a bit more informative and educational but hopefully still entertaining for you next week i am releasing probably my biggest episode yet I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm also so excited for you all to listen to it. So I will see you next week for that one. Bye for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.